Hello and welcome to the CLB Forge podcast. This is a show to help equip you and your church for mission, ministry, and multiplying disciples. I'm Ryan Nilsson. And I'm Mike Natal. Our guest today uh, is an individual who has come in and out of my life multiple times as I've gone through seminary. And actually, this is one of the first people, Ryan, who I didn't sleep in their house, but they came out to Rhode Island and slept in my house. Ugh. Not again. So I know, right? So it's been great. Uh, let me introduce great. the guest and then we will uh, get to talking. So Sean Bowman was born and raised in North Dakota. He received a BS in agricultural education from North Dakota State University. Go Bison, right? Rock and roll. In uh, 1993. In 1994, the Lord brought Sean to faith. And from that moment on, he hasn't stopped telling people about Jesus. Uh, after that, Sean spent a lot of time, and hopefully, uh, Sean, as we ask you to expand a little bit more about your faith journey, you'll tell us a little bit more about this, but Sean spent a lot of time traveling the world, sharing the gospel with many individuals. And in 2001, the Lord directed Sean, his wife, Suzanne, and their growing family to attend the Lutheran Brethren Seminary, where he graduated with a Master's of Divinity. And from there, Sean has since spent 16 years serving as the senior pastor at Victory Lutheran Brethren Church in Jamestown, North Dakota. Uh, Sean, thank you for being our guest today and welcome to the podcast. Deeply honored, guys. I'm glad to be here. Man, it's great, great to have you. Sean and I went to seminary together and I realized 16 years. That's you how are long, old, Ryan. That's how long you we've been are out, old. Out and about. <laughs> Thank you. Started, like 10 uh, years. I started year 17 in May, beginning of wow, year 17. Wow. Yeah. Think yeah, about how many good. boat dedications you've had since then, Ryan. I was there. <laughs> <laughs> we won't talk about that. <laughs> that has, that's the first time that's come up on the podcast. So we made it, we made it half a year on the show without mentioning the boat dedication. That's good. So maybe. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's probably a very good thing. Dr. Tim Istabo, God bless his soul. He almost fell over laughing. He had to get out of there because he didn't have to because he knew that it was gonna hit the fan. And it did. Just for the record. Yeah, let's just say it was uh far from my brightest moment. And uh I'm probably in this count and amongst the three of us, I'm probably the only one where they've had to change the Minister of the Acts handbook. They have that had to change stuff in there because because <laughs> someone. Oh, just I was get their so act looking together. forward to that. Good yeah. job, Brian. Yeah, thanks you. for going there, you guys. I'm glad I could bring that up. It was oh. so good. I was hoping that you were going to bring up that you graduated with Sean, and I was like, this is the perfect moment to talk about the boat dedication. So thank you for. But, they, but your hearers giving me don't have joy. a clue what really happened, Michael. I don't. And you know what? It has gone down in infamy. And I am nearly positive that the story I heard when I attended seminary in 2009 probably isn't even close, but it is so embellished that it is not even <laughs> worth hearing the true story. I'll tell you that. So don't even tell me what happened because I have the story that I heard and it's probably yeah. far more drawn out and wild. Yeah. Oh man! Than what actually happened? I yeah. did not need to hear that. Oh. <laughs> you ruin your old story. <laughs> well, that's that's all the time we have for today, folks. Thanks so much for being on the show. Yeah. <laughs>
I hope old professors don't watch this because oh, our, our nation could be in jeopardy. Yeah. Oh, goodness. You know that the word stuff. So we, we should not go into that whole story, but bottom line is I, I did a boat dedication when I should not have and appropriately yeah. gotten a lot of trouble for it and learned a valuable lesson and at the same time, created a incredibly embarrassing story about myself that's become a bit of legend, legend, urban legend, or whatever in the CLB. Twelve foot mm-hmm. hunting boat, camouflage hunting boat. Oh. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I carried it away. Ryan, you better about, ask the first question because we were going to just keep talking yeah, about yeah. the boat dedication, dude. So <laughs> the worst thing is that a few years, like about a de- about a decade later, I was on the council of directors when we were approving some changes to the ministerial acts book, and one of them at the very back was a we're going through all these little edits and changes, and then the very last one was this whole explanation of what the boat dedication's for, and I just wanted to I just wanted to crawl under the table <laughs> jump out a window oh nelly <laughs> all right oh, nelly yep sometimes uh yeah let's just move on what's your first question brother <laughs> yeah come on Ryan. sean can you <laughs> sean can you please change the subject by telling us about your spiritual journey oh man yeah I'd be glad to. When I was uh, growing up, I grew up in Madoc, North Dakota. Uh, my grandparents actually raised me. Uh, my parents, when I was young, uh, were probably struggling, I suppose. Children of the 60s, if you know what I mean. Grandpa and grandma came in. I was the firstborn grandchild and said, we're taking Sean for a while. And 18 years later, I graduated from that school. Uh I would kind of define myself as a as a central North Dakota good old boy. Uh, I was baptized and confirmed in our little Lutheran church in Harlow, uh, North Dakota, and um, I went to church every now and then. I had to go to church during confirmation time. Went to VBS every year. You know, when I got older, I went to I went to uh, weddings and funerals, and uh, sometimes I'd even go to a Christmas uh, a Christmas. Eve service. And I felt like I was a pretty solid believer, you know, that, that God was really uh, was really living in me, I suppose, even though I was a complete man of the world in every sort of the way. Uh, I would call myself a kind of a redneck good old boy up here in North Dakota. Uh, and uh, in about 1992, my grandmother died of cancer. My fiance broke up with me. My grandpa died of cancer about a month later after that. Within a four-month period, I had lost all of the major things in my life that were important to me. And on top of that, I found I wasn't even in their will, uh, which was kind of hard on me as well. And so felt betrayed. Mm. I felt I felt hurt. I felt like I had lost my parents, lost this person that I thought I was going to be married to. Uh, I had lost I had lost all hope in in everything. That's when God started speaking to me in ways that was unique, not in the you know verbal way that he was talking to authors to write the Bible, but kind of like, hey, Sean, remember when your grandmother was telling you to go to church? Why don't you try that? Uh, well, long story short, I did find myself looking for a church, and I uh, bumped into the, the Church of the Lutheran Brethren uh, in uh, Moorhead, Minnesota, Triumph Lutheran Brethren Church. And it was there that I heard uh, President Bob Ovegaard inviting men to come 
to uh, to seminary. And so I thought, what a great thing! I I should I should go to seminary. And uh, that was about the time that that I met this. Uh, keep in mind, you guys, I did not know Jesus, not at all. I, I had attended that church once or twice. Um, did I couldn't figure out the the whole God thing at all. Uh, but I thought, you know, I I think God maybe wants me to go to some. So I met I, I meet this beautiful girl named Suzanne sitting in an aisle across from me, and I tried getting her to go out with me, and uh, she was having nothing to do with it. In fact, she said, and I, and I quote, "Sean, you know, when it comes to spirituality, I'm like a PhD student, and you're like a preschooler, and I don't think the Bible knows that I should be marrying a guy like you." And I'm like, well, what, what do I need to do to advance in classes? Because I really think I'd like to go out with you. And she said, you know, just beat it. Get out of here. I don't want it. So after I bothered her for a while, she finally said, listen, my dad goes to this Bible study at the Frying Pan Cafe at 630 in the morning every Thursday. And uh, Reverend Art Grimstead is there. And, and uh, you know, if you go to that study every Thursday for three months, I'll go out to coffee with you. Not dinner, but coffee. It won't be a date. It'll be a half hour high. Let's get to know each other. And then I'm not making any promises after that. So I'm like, no problem. Sounds good. And uh, I started going to that Bible study. He was in the book of Ephesians. And, uh, you know, we got about halfway through uh, Ephesians 1. When I walked home, walked into my little apartment one day, and I dropped down on my knees and I said, Jesus, I have never known you. I've never really loved you. And I know that what you're calling me to do is surrender my life to you, call upon your name and, and trust you and walk with you in a way that, that only you could produce in me a, a desire for that to happen. And so I, I ask you to forgive me. I said, I was crying out to God. And um, I believe it was there in my little apartment uh, in Fargo that I, I really got it right with the Lord. And uh, he, he saved my soul, brought me back to a place of, of complete washing and renewal and, and salvation. It was, it, was a, it was a time where I started getting hungry for the Lord and I wanted to ask more questions. Interestingly enough, uh, Art Grimstead was a good friend of Billy Graham's and traveled around on the stage with Billy Graham, helped him write sermons. I didn't even have, I didn't have a clue that he had an evangelist heart. And so mm-hmm. this guy led me to the Lord and uh, through the word. And I, I, at that point, I still didn't have a deep burden in my spirit. Went to seminary in 96, gave it a try, realized, hmm, not for me. I, I didn't even hardly know the word of God. So uh, the seminary, the professors knew Bowman shouldn't be here. I realized I shouldn't be there. So I finished up that year, moved. I got married to Suzanne Spildy and moved to Devil's Lake, North Dakota. And uh, we must have been a great, that must have been a great cup of coffee, Sean. Yeah. You know. Yeah, so. well, I, I guess let me let me just go back to that. So when yeah. we went out for a cup of coffee, she said, I sense something's changed in you. And I said, Yeah, a lot. And she said, Hmm. Well, that turns into about a eight hour date. And uh we, I, I didn't bring her back to her car until like 10 30, 11 that night, and it started about 2 30 that afternoon. So it was a good thing. And uh I think uh I, we were hitting some pay dirt. I, I had a few hurt, more hurdles to go over, of course. But eventually she said yes, and I got to marry the woman. Uh, we could have a whole podcast on that alone. Just let me know. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I feel like, and one about like evangelism dating, right? Right, oh, seriously. Uh, oh, yeah, is- no, that'd be like, we could do a series. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, we I ended up marrying her. We moved to Devil's Lake. I am an agronomist by trade. 
And, uh, you know, Dr. Bo said he never met someone who's paid to sell um, cow manure. But uh, it was it was one of those things where I was selling <laughs> cow manure. nitrogen, phosphorus, you know, potassium, all of those fun things. And uh, I got a job up in Devil's Lake. And while I was there, the Holy Spirit put it on my heart to, to, to start sharing the gospel with people. Uh, he came to me in a dream and uh, he put such a burden on my heart. I couldn't fight it. I couldn't deny it. I, I, something changed within my spirit. I was a believer, but God gave me a burning heart's desire to tell people about Jesus there in Devil's Lake. And it was shortly after that. Keep in mind, I had left seminary in 96, kind of with my head in shame, feeling like, oh, those guys in the Lutheran Brethren, they don't ever want to see me again. And I read, we were getting faith and fellowship and I read President Ovegaard's, he he had a thing uh, in the faith and fellowship. And I'll never forget a line that he said, he said, I'm calling our denomination to a decade of evangelism. Mm. And the Holy Spirit called me into the Lutheran Brethren. And I started meeting guys like Harlan Helen, Willie Gunderson, just soul winning guys that were fanning my flame and encouraging me and telling me, this is a denomination that has a history of soul winning, of, of growing people in Christ and, and reaching people uh, all over the world, but especially here in America. And so I was I was being drawn in. And when I read that from, from Obergaard, I, I knew that God was calling me back to the Church of Lutheran Brethren. And I was kind of scared to get a hold of the professors. In fact, I got I got old Kildy and he's like, I'm going to send you over to Bo. He's the new academic dean. But didn't we agree that you it'd be best you not come back? And I'm like, I know God's calling me, Pastor. I already talked to Dr. Bo. You know, thank God he's got good theology because he's a man of great grace and I love him. And uh, he said, come on back, Sean. And so I sent in my application. I was accepted. And, uh, you know, the second time was a charm, made her through, and I learned and I grew. I fell in love with Lutheran doctrine, but God never, he never stopped the burn in my spirit to, to help people come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and that's that's where I'm at today. I believe I'll go to my grave hungering for, for more people to, to have a personal born again relationship with Jesus Christ. That's my heart's passion. And that's why I'm in, in the church of the Lutheran brethren. I, I won't deny it. If you want to be a Lutheran, if you want to be a soul winner, if you're hungry to help people come to, to know Christ and walk in Christ, there is no denomination that I would rather be in than this one right here. Um, it equipped me and helped me and prepared me. The guys in seminary blessed me. And uh, the guys around the seminary, the, the, the former people like Harlan Helen and others, Willie Gunderson uh, would come around and just bless me and teach me and grow me in my faith. And uh, I love those guys and just such a such a rich, so many other guys too, that I got to meet all of these great legends of the faith. You know, I think of Hamp Galley, I think of Burton Bundy. I mean, I just so many guys that just love Jesus and love the word. They they really instilled a, a, a love for our denomination, a love for the word and a love to go. And so uh, I knew my, my, my course was 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 set. And uh, wherever I ended up, I knew I was going to be proclaiming Christ somewhere in the LB and um, and doing evangelism and pastoral work. And so here I am, 16 and a half years later, still doing it. Still doing it and doing it, doing it in a new way too. I think I've enjoyed seeing you on Facebook, just sitting back, hearing you proclaim the gospel on a regular basis. Like you, you use Facebook as a tool in order to reach people for the gospel. And I would also say that you are using 
this time of COVID as well as a way to minister to people. And so I've heard you say that you feel like this season of COVID is the best time for evangelism that you have ever seen. And I, I would ask to tell us a little bit more about that. What makes COVID such a unique time in order to share the gospel? And how have you as an individual or even you as a church yeah. Uh, been able to encourage people through COVID. Yeah, and before you, before you answer that, Sean, too, like this is a time really to emphasize. Like you, I've heard you say, this has never been a better time to do evangelism. Yeah, and this kind of the context, like like a lot of the projections for what's going to happen to churches. Yeah, after COVID, is they're going to come out of this twenty to forty percent smaller yeah. and much more inwardly focused. Yeah, and where most Christians are spending less time talking to people who yeah. who you know don't may not know Jesus, and yet you're you that you're experiencing that this is the the best time you've ever seen for for sharing your faith. Never before. Like what? So what in the world's behind that, Sean? Yeah. So so one of the things that I found, and I, I I really got concerned is when I was listening to different podcasts and different pastors, and not necessarily guys from our denomination, but I've heard guys from our denomination too. Uh, hey, you know what? It, it can be very discouraging. The numbers are down. You're locked up for months and months on end, especially the East Coast and West Coast. Uh, it, it can be a, a long sludge and very disappointing. You got the numbers down in the church. You got the numbers are down in the treasury and you can't do ministry. And it starts to feel like a, like a heavy 800 pound gorilla on your back. And to my brothers out there that are struggling, I've had a chance to travel all over the world and lead people to Christ. I've been in, in different continents, Africa and Madagascar and Canada and, and different countries uh, just all over the U.S. And I have never in my life experienced such a starving hunger to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. And we are living in the most opportune time as the church to lift high the banner of Christ and declare and herald the good news of Jesus Christ, call people to confession, call people to trust, call people to believe, to surrender, to walk with Jesus the way God's called us to walk with Jesus. There is no no better time, my friends, than to, than to know that God has given us this opportunity. Now it's going to be different. We're going to have to be ministering to people's hearts. Yesterday, I got, I got, I had a woman uh, from Georgia that asked me to help buy her diapers and wet wipes, and we're working with her on it. And by George, we're going to buy her wet wipes. I get, I, I get, I've had people asking me, uh, would you help us buy groceries with COVID issues? Of course, we'll buy groceries, and then we'll we'll look for opportunities to tell you why we left those groceries on your step, and opportunities to try to to try to talk you through some of your depression. You know, I know that that this is a tough time. I know that people are hurting, but I know that right now, as men of God called and ordained to lift high the gospel of Jesus Christ, stand firm, stand bold, and start reaching out and telling people why that they can have faith through this epic pandemic. They can have faith through this co- these COVID fears because fear has no place in 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 the in the heart of Christ, and we know that 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 that, that God's. Perfect love drives out fear, and we don't have to be afraid. We can walk in the truth of God's word. And as we do these kind of things, you're going to see people being drawn to the church because they are hungry, they're hopeless, and they're looking for for something. And guess what? They know with all of this crazy fighting and the government and all of this stuff, people are starting to realize my hope can't be my government. 
my hope has got to be something greater than the government. And do not get into government conversations or you're never going to lead anyone to Christ. You got to keep it on the gospel. Keep it on Jesus and keep it on the good news because that's what people are hungry for is to be set free. And we've been called to set the captives free. And, and the more we proclaim the gospel, law and gospel, you know, you can't be all one. You can't be all other. You got to divide it and give them law and gospel. And, uh, and kill them and then make them alive with the word of God and believe that it's Christ through his word making them alive. And when they come to life, tell them to believe, tell them to receive, because if they've been made alive, that's a natural thing that happens for a believer. They do that. They come alive in their faith. They walk in that newness that God has given them. Then we disciple. Then we teach them and train them. We get the church plugged in and, and we start to help them grow in their faith. But as a church, what an opportunity right now to be looking for people to witness to and to bring to Christ. This is our time, my brothers. This is the time. Don't miss it. And look for ways to, 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 got, to get out into the community. Uh, talk to the mayor. Call the city uh, uh, officials. Look for ways that we can help out. Uh, we just recently started feeding, doing meals in front of the Free Lutheran Church on Main Street. And we want to get involved in that and help out in any way we can, along with delivering meals for COVID. Uh, there's new ways to reach out, you know, and to the Jew, become a Jew. To the Gentile, become a Jew. Those under the law, become like those under the law. Why? So that I can win some. And, and, and that's the hope. That's the goal is that we can lead some to Christ. So Sean, you give me chills, Sean, when you talk. You give yeah. me chills, Sean. Well, I pray it's not me because if you knew how big of a redneck country boy loser I was. You know, one time I had an old pastor tell me, I think it was probably Willie, I can't remember. He said to me, Sean, don't get too proud of what you're doing because if God could use Balaam's donkey, he could even use you. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, he said, just be humble in, in what God's doing because here's the truth, Michael. There are things that you've got I don't have. And there are things that Ryan has that I don't have. And, and if COVID's taught us anything, we need each other. Yeah. The church yeah. is going to move forward. I have so many weaknesses. And if I can lean on you too, and you can lean on me, we're going to do things and we're going to do them uh, to yeah. the glory of God, yeah. you know, and that's, that's where God's taken us through right now. And thank God we've got good doctrine. That's going to take us through suffering. You know, that's the sufferings of Christ, the, the metanoia as Dr. Bo used to call it. That's where we are. We are, could be heading. And mm -hmm. if we are, whatever, you know, as long as we see people coming to Christ and growing in their faith, we are the church, the salt and light. That's what God has called us into. That's where we will remain. We will not waver. We will proclaim Christ. We will see people one for Christ. And we will go out looking in the highways and byways because that's what the Lutheran brethren has always done. And I'm not about to change it now, my dear brothers. I want to continue reaching people for the Lord until Christ comes. Amen. I love your missionary heart. And that's exactly Amen. what we need. That's exactly Amen. what we need. And I'm, I, yeah. I think this episode, I've been so excited with this for this conversation because I think this is a time when when many of the rest of us can really benefit from from your wisdom in this area. i remembering that I met you your first time around at seminary. So I was at Hillcrest, which is a, a, yeah. a CLB boarding school. Yeah. So I got to take some class at the seminary and got to cross paths with you a little bit. Yeah. And then and then when I went through seminary, you were there for that. You, you were yeah. You were back. Which is amazing, yeah. amazing resilience and perseverance that you did, that you did that. That and was God. One of my greatest Sean Bowman memories is uh, you and I were doing a we were working on a roof together with Adam Berge, yeah, helping him with a roofing <laughs> job. 
And it was like November and it was super warm. We're up on a roof and our shirt, short sleeves and beautiful day. And we needed, it's like, wow, it'd be so great if we had a tractor with a bucket loader, but we just didn't have one. Forgot why. I think I forgot why it was, would have been so helpful, but we just didn't have one and didn't, didn't have any way of getting one. Because we had thousands of pounds of bundles on the ground and we had to carry them up. Is that what it was? <laughs> yes. <Okay. laughs> and I didn't want to do it. <laughs> And Bernie's so, like, oh, take two guys. It's easy. Oh, I'm yeah, like, I know. No. He could, uh, yeah, he could, uh, like, hold them between yeah. his feet and, and uh, you know, <laughs> pull himself up with his hands. He's so strong right. full of energy. Sean, Sean's, Sean uh, leaves the job site for a little bit, comes back with a tractor. It is the most beautiful sight I've ever seen because that meant I didn't have to carry those either, I guess. Yeah. No. Boy, I wasn't driving. Harlan Helen was driving. I he went was? Okay. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I said, hey, I said, hey, Bergie, look what I brought. And he looked and up over the hill comes old Harlan on his on his yeah. old M, you know, and he's like, I'll tell you what. Good to see you. Good to see you. Let's get that thing loaded up. Oh, you guys, it was great. Help. And that's what I knew. Like, Sean can do anything. Um, I remember thinking that really this can. guy can get anything done, make anything happen. So, I mean, that's just, you are definitely an evangelist. You're a, a gatherer of people. You're a networker. Mm-hmm. You just, you have mm-hmm. all those amazing gifts. I, yeah. Something I would love, and hearing your heart for making sure that we claim that that missionary heart of the CLB moving forward. Absolutely. We, we must, you know, that, that's who we are. Yeah. We, we can't lose our, our roots Ryan, we, we've got to, I, old Kildy taught me this. He said, you got bright side pietists and dark side pietists. He said, I'm a bright side pietist. He said, I want to, I want to have, uh, I want to have a, uh, how did he put it? I want to have a gospel grace, but I want to live in what God's called me to live in as well. And, and to Mm. firm in that promise. And, uh, you know, we all want to be bright side. We all want to be encouragers. We all want to be able to to, to be the light and, you know, you know the, the salt and light to people mm-hmm. and uh, and to do what God's called us to do as churches. And, you know, a lot of our churches are small. A lot of our churches could have 50, 60 people or less. Don't focus on the massive numbers that, that, that we're not called to get. Focus on the one lost sheep and know that you can, you can find them and reach them and declare to them, don't back away because we've got such a small little church or we don't have all of the, the, the programs and the bells and whistles, but we've got the gospel. Yeah, and, yeah. and we've got people in there that are praying. And during COVID, there's never been a time to reach out to your neighbor and to help them, love them, listen to them. People just want to be listened to. They're desperate. They're hungry. And they're taking these pills. They're drinking. They're taking drugs. They're committing suicide when what they need is the gospel. And, and if we if we just embody that and reach our neighbor and just love on them and encourage them, we're going to see people coming to Christ. I believe we could see more people come to the Christ in the Church of Lutheran Brethren in the next few years than we have seen in the last hundred years. If everyone would just reach out to their neighbor and not be afraid to share the law and the gospel and, and call them to a personal faith and to believe in Jesus Christ. We have this great opportunity and our neighbors are broken. Last night, I was over at my neighbor and uh, you know his daughter's same age as my daughter. So I'm like, hey, would you like my daughter to come play with your daughter? And they've played a few times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, Faith went over there in the backyard and I stood there and I got talking to him. I invited his daughter to come to, to Awana's. He said, what's that? And I said, that's ah, kind of like Christian Girl Scouts. Oh, you get a vest and some things. And he's like, oh, okay. 
But I said, you know what's at the, at, you know what, what we really want with Awanas? What's that? We want kids to know how much God loves them. And then he said this, do you think her mom and I could come with? And I said, absolutely. Come with. Yeah. Come to Awanas. And then I want you to come to church on Sunday. Now, it's just my neighbor. And you have a neighbor like that. You have two, three neighbors like that. And when you start making a road over to your friends and neighbors with the good news of Christ, God creates an opportunity. You know, I'll tell you what, as God is my witness, I've never not prayed on a day and said, God, would you give me someone to witness today where I went to bed at the end of the day and God gave me nobody to witness to? If you wake up in the morning and you're thanking God and praying to God and asking God for someone to share the good news with, God will bring them. And I want to encourage you after you're done with your devotions to start praying that God would open your heart, open your mind, open your eyes to see someone who's hungry, who's in need. And then it's it's nothing more than a loving conversation. And you grab them by the hand and you start walking to the cross, talking about your, your father who loves you and he loves them. That's the biggest problem that I have, you guys, is to help people to understand that they are loved by God and forgiven by God. They keep trying to earn their way to heaven. Yeah. When yeah. When we declare it's done for him. Nice. You're clearly an evangelist. I think, you know, when you look at the the APEST model in Ephesians yeah. 4, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, yeah. shepherds, right? You get them as mixed up a little bit. Anyway, you, you clearly have that uh, that leadership role of evangelism. And it's easy to hear someone like you and say, yeah, but you know, I'm not an evangelist. But the Bible is also very clear that even if you're not an evangelist, we're all called to be, as one one guy put it, evangelistic believers, and we're all called to do the work of an evangelist. Mm-hmm. So it's not like we should just shrug and give up because we can't quite do everything that, that Sean Bowman can do. But I'm really yeah. struck, every time we talk about this, Sean, I hear that there are a lot of things you're doing that you feel strongly anybody could do. So I just wondering if you could break down for us a little bit, you know, you've got some great advice, you're just like uh, praying that God will put someone in your life that you can have a spiritual conversation with each day. Mm-hmm. That's a be- that's a beautiful, simple prayer. Right, right. You're, you've talked a little bit about your neighbor mm-hmm. talking, just having a one-on-one conversation with a neighbor or someone in your life. That's just a great. Can you give us some more pointers? Mm-hmm. Things yeah. that you say, yeah. like so, things that you just naturally say, like I want you to come to church on Sunday. Right, that might right. not occur to a lot of us even to say something as simple as that. <laughs> what are some of those other remarkably simple things that that you say ways yep. you connect with people that we can yep. you know take some notes and yeah and replicate well, one, of, one of the things it's a good question ryan and one of the things you need to do is just live your life a lot of times i run into people and i feel bad in fact i told ryan when he first called me i said i love to do these kind of things but one of the sorrows i have when i go away from this is i bump into people and then they'll say oh you're such an amazing evangelist and uh it almost makes me feel as if they're, they're saying, thank God you're out doing it, so I don't have to do it. And mm-hmm. I don't want you to take that away because God gives us all an opportunity yeah. to just share what we believe. And the truth of the matter is uh, we all have our struggles. We all have, have our pains. We all have our sorrows. We all, if you're a believer, you've understood that the sins that, that you've been delivered out of are the very sins maybe that you still struggle in your mind and your heart. They're things that you... Maybe they're, they're burdens that you're carrying. Maybe you've got a thorn in the flesh and you go throughout your day, uh, whatever it may be, and you have a pattern of life that you live out. And in the pattern of life, you can choose 
to be grateful for what God has given you, or you can choose to be negative and feel sorry for yourself and and be a victim. And the world would love to have you be a victim because then the world could control you. But because you are more than a conqueror in the Lord Jesus Christ, because you've been filled with the power of the Holy Ghost, because God has called you to live your life, rather you're in good days or dark days, rather you're having in days of plenty or days of, of not much, you can use the, the, the travels of your day to talk to people about your father in heaven, how you love him, how you talk to him, how he leads you. Allow the conversation, weave the conversation in, but don't launch into that until you've listened to their heart, until you have an audience with them, all that you care. If you don't care for someone, don't start blabbing about Jesus because they aren't going to listen to you. You need to love people. You need to truly love people. And by the way, if Jesus is living in your heart, it's no problem. You can love people and you can serve them and help them. And so you want to look for ways to be the hands and feet of Christ. You want to talk to people in your highways and byways. When you're up at the, you know, when you're up at the license bureau or when you're down over out at Menards. Well, I got to witness to a guy at Menards one day. He works there, you know, and he was struggling and he didn't know how to how to get some some stuff on the shelf. And I said, you know, you remind me of Jesus. I always use that line, by the way. You want a little tip. Whenever I want to start witnessing someone, I'll say, you know, you remind me of Jesus. And they'll say, why is that? And I'll say, because you're a servant. You're serving me. You're serving. You're being working hard. You're doing the things. You know, only Jesus could work hard enough to give me what I need. And, and what I needed was forgiveness at the cross. You know, I look for opportunities to tell people that. And I'll drop those little things here and there. I always like to pray with waitresses when I go to the, to the wet restaurant and ask them, Hey, is there a prayer that I could pray with you? You know, uh, I'm going to pray for a meal. Thank God for this meal. Do you have a prayer request? And uh, you'd be surprised what some waitresses would say. You know, uh, when I'm when I'm going about my day talking to different people, I, I don't love to overdo it, but I love to leave a little seed and 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 a little gospel word of promise because the next time I see them, they're going to be they're always looking for me. They're watching how I act. They're watching how I speak. They're looking at my attitude and my heart. And they're, they're, they're waiting. And so the next time they bump into me, I know they're waiting for another good news word. And so I'll drop another good news word, a promise. You are loved of God. God has a plan for you. God has drawn you. you know, and, 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 and I'll try to weave it into my conversation. Just don't throw it out at them. And, and the more you get to know people, the more it's up for you to ask people, you know, do you, do you have it right with the Lord? You know, if Jesus comes back today, do you know you go to heaven? Because God has good news for you. If, if that's something you're struggling with, you know, a lot of times people say, I have no clue. And I say, hey, you mind after work or, you know, would you, could I get out my Bible and just share with you what God's word says about how you can have assurance that, that, that Christ Jesus died for you? Oh, I'd love that. And so you get into the word, you show them, take them through the gospels and, and, and show them the, the simple work of Christ on the cross and, and how it's done for them. And when you're done, just say, isn't it wonderful that Christ died for you? Yes. Yes. So wonderful. Would you like to just stop and thank God that he has redeemed a sinner like you and me? Oh, I'd love to do that. Well, let's just pray. And I pray with them. You know, uh, when we get done, I assure them after they've confessed their sin and, and, and called upon the name that this is what God's done for you. And I look forward to seeing you tomorrow, church, Bible study, devotional, and and try to pull them in and, and start to disciple them. Now, here's the secret I've learned in Florida at Exponential. Really cool. 
Do you know what the end game of discipleship is? It's not just for Sean to be out discipling people. You know that you lead a person to Christ, you disciple them, and the end game is to teach them how to disciple someone else. You have to teach them to be discipling the next guy and encouraging them. How's it going with discipling that guy? How's it? Because they grow when they're discipling someone else. And then they're learning how to hold that one accountable so they can disciple someone else. We as a church, if we would just focus on helping one person come to know the Lord Jesus Christ and then to disciple that person and then to teach that person how to disciple another person, we as a church would double and quadruple within a half a decade. If we could just teach everybody, just get out and start sharing with one person, we would be exploding as a denomination in the littlest towns across the country in the biggest cities. But we must be able to, to, to connect with people, to yoke with people, to share our hearts with people. We've got such a busy society. People don't have time to listen to the heart of mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. But when you listen and love them, things start to change in a big way. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, really good. That's great. Um, Sean, if I can ask um, just one last question. Uh, so that it? If, well, I mean, unless Ryan has other questions, that's that's perfectly fine. Um, I do. So I think we're going to have to have you back, Sean. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, too. Uh, as a leader. So here's here's my question. So like as a leader, what type of like how can we cultivate that in our people? Is that something that just happens where you're going to say, well, if you do more of it, people will look at you and then they'll want to do more of it. Or is there specific things that leaders can be looking at doing in order to encourage others to evangelize? Yeah. So that's a great question. That's a phenomenal question. Thanks. And and the first, the first thing, Michael, I want to say is this, these people that we have been, I'm talking to you pastors, God, the great shepherd called you to shepherd those people. You are the shepherd and the shepherd left the 99 and went for the one lost sheep. You have such an understanding of the suffering of the cross and the love of souls that you uh, on a frequent basis make yourself available and, and you allow people to see what God is doing in you as a shepherd when you're rescuing the one, you bring an elder, you bring a a, a parishioner, you talk to someone and they listen to you and you talk it through with them, you show them. So the first thing is you, you lifestyle model, you live it out. Second thing you do, you teach your people the word of God in such a way that they can find an Old Testament, New Testament, no matter where they're at, where they're at. Every passage, I'll never forget Dr. Bo taught us this, every passage leads you to the cross of Christ. It's at the cross where the power is. It's at the resurrection that they find themselves being delivered. It's at the it's at the empty tomb that they walk away from the old life and they live in the new life. And it's there where we start to help people to walk in what God has given to them. And so we have that joy and that boldness and we teach them in the word of God, everywhere in the word of God, where we can help a person see the picture of God. I'm preaching on Genesis 12 this weekend, you know, the, the Abrahamic covenant. And I was thinking today, oh, this is going to be good for people that are new believers to hear what God's done for them to ignite their souls, the joy of going and telling other people, even in Abraham, who was hopeless and helpless, called out of Ur, was given the very word of God, the power of God to bring Christ through his lineage so that the world could know you are part of that lineage and you have been called with the same word that Abraham is called. You're in that same covenant and the power of God rests in you because of what Christ has done. 
people get to hear these messages from you brothers and they you 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 believe it so much that guess what they start to believe it i got a gal in our church just a few weeks ago we were we were praying and talking and she came from a i don't know a church that's probably a little lukewarm i'm guessing and she got into the word she got into a great bible study she grown she grown all of a sudden this woman she catches on fire. She's hmm. on fire for the Lord. She's praying. She's sharing the gospel with us. She's telling other people, I'm like, oh, fan the flame. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, I wish I could do that with all of my parishioners in the church, but you have to trust the Holy Spirit. And if God has given me one, hallelujah, praise the Lord. If God hasn't given me one, at least he's given it to me so I can go and believing, I'm believing that eventually someone's going to catch on fire and someone will catch on fire in your church because the flame is burning in you, my brothers and sisters. And hey, for those that are sisters in Christ, I, I told Barb Heglin this and I, I want to do a shout out. For every pastor that is an, a, 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 a good ministry in his church, I want you to hear this. It's because you have a greater wife behind you. And for those single guys, because you just have an amazing church. But for those pastors that have a good ministry, it's because you have a great wife and you're all sitting there saying, I know. And we have awesome, awesome partners in the ministry who are praying on their knees, encouraging us and blessing us so that we can do that ministry. And I'll tell you what, if I ever got called to a different church, the first thing I would ask, the first question I would ask is, tell me the health and the vibrancy of your women's ministry. Because if you've got a very healthy, solid, godly women's ministry, it's a great church. Because I know where the men will be. They're going to be on the front lines because I know where I'm at and I know what my wife does. It's an important picture of what God is doing in the church as we all work together as God's people hmm. uh, delivering the good news. And my dear brothers and sisters, it's one. It's one. And, uh, and, and that, that fire in the bosom, it starts by the Holy Spirit. Call upon the Lord Jesus and he will lead you. And it'll go to two and to three and to four. I've seen it happen before. He wants to do it again. And we live, we live in a, it, there's never been a time such as this. People are scared. They're hoping. They're looking. And us shepherds of the gospel need to stand up in boldness, not waver and tell people the truth and call people to faith because they're coming. I've had more people come to Christ in the last six months than I've had in the last six years. And I can't believe how God is moving in the hearts of people. Don't be afraid. Even if you can't have church services in the East Coast or West Coast, do it online. Do one study a day. Do two studies a day. Go after it. And, and just proclaim Christ and see what he does because he'll do great things. And all you got to do is hit that little live button on Facebook. Yeah, I, even I can do that. And uh, God, can, God can do amazing things, my brothers and sisters. Uh, he is doing it, and he wants to do it through all of us. We're one team. We're one family. And we're one hope in Christ. And we are called to lift high, to herald the gospel so that this world can come to know Christ. This is it. This is the time for such a time as this. God is going to use little old Churchill Lutheran brethren. And just like David threw the stone at Goliath, we are going to be used to do some great things as we as we do the very thing that God's called us to do from the very beginning when we were developed as a denomination. Sean, you fire me up, bro. Yeah. You fire me up, Sean. This is I'll great. Yeah. I really want people, Sean, like how can they find you on Facebook, Sean? Because this is, if you haven't listened to Sean before, this is pretty much what you yeah, get when he yeah. goes on Facebook Live. Yeah. So, like, Sean, how can people find you? 
VLC for this encouragement. Yeah, Victory Lutheran Brethren Church. It's VLC Jamestown. We wanted Victory Lutheran Church, but someone already took that. So we had to go with VLC Jamestown. And uh, just go in there. We'll accept you and uh, and just get get you in. And and uh, we want you to grow in your faith, you know, and and to come to Christ in, in every way. That's our heart's desire. That's this denomination's desire. And I am excited what God is doing. You know, we are at the precipice of moving forward into seeing things, seeing God do things that that we've never seen before. Just believe it and step into it and proclaim it and watch him do the rest. It's it's happening. It's happening now. I believe it. So good. Yeah. So good. Sean, to wrap up, and by the way, we, we definitely got to have you back. Yeah. Because right. there's just so many more things I want to talk to you about on this subject. But I just was wondering if you could wrap up here. You know, our show is kind of geared at pastors and ministry leaders, but we have lots of other people that listen. And we have yeah. some mm-hmm. that that aren't even Christians, some that are new yeah. to the faith, all over the place. I would love to hear you just share the gospel with us. Yeah. As if yeah. we've never heard, as if Mike and I have never heard it before. What, could you could you land us with that? We'd love to hear just an example of how you would share that in a couple of minutes, like in a grocery store or with a friend or neighbor. It's like this, you know, we, we all are born enemies of God. You were born an enemy of God and you and your heart you know that there is something wrong. You know that your relationships are wrong. You know that you have, you've been pitted against everything. Things have been coming against you your whole life. And you feel that the weight of the world is starting to crush you. You want to give up. You want to walk away. You want this to end. But my dear friend, if you're at the end, if you're broken, if you're hopeless, if you're helpless, this is what the Bible says. The Bible says that Christ came for you. You were the one lost sheep. And today Christ finds you because he scoops you up into his bosom and he brings you back to the cross. And God allows you to hear those words, those pardoning words, those good news words that he has died for you. He's took all of his sin and he put it on himself and he put all of his perfection on you. He puts the robe of righteousness on you. Yes, God allows you to be washed in his blood and to be made new. You don't deserve it. You didn't do anything to earn it. Yes, I deserve to go to hell and so do you. But the truth of the matter is Jesus went to hell for us and he gave you the absolute most perfect eternal gift of all time. And that is eternal salvation. And my dear brothers and sisters, there is a response that happens when Jesus, the power of the Holy Ghost comes into your heart and declares that I forgive you. What happens is is you start to confess your sin. You start to cry out to God and you start to believe that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. And as I've been sharing just this little bit with you, you know that that's you. You know that you need Jesus. You know that you're hungry to be set free and to do new things. And the truth of the matter is, because Christ died and rose again, because Christ allowed you to hear this word today, that you are forgiven, that you are washed in the blood, God is allowing you to have the faith to confess your sin and know that you are going to be walking with Jesus in a new trajectory and a new hope. You're not going to be under that same burden, but you're going to be under a new burden. You're going to be under a burden of joy and happiness because God loved you so much that he gave his one and only son. He was willing to sacrifice his son, his one and only son, so that you could be in heaven with him, so that he could bring you back to pre-golf, garden fall, so that you could walk with God and talk with God and know the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. My dear friends, the Bible says that Jesus is the the Prince of Peace, and he's living in you. He's calling upon you now to call upon his name and 
confess your sin and to experience the washing of the Holy Ghost, to experience the newness of God. Objectively, he's done it all, but subjectively, things are about to happen for you. And so if God has been speaking to you today, I want you to bow your head and I want you to pray with me because you are God's child and you are confessing just like we do in church with confession and absolute. You are calling upon the name of Jesus and he's doing something right now in you. Let's bow your head. Would you just pray with me? I want to pray with you if God's been working in your heart and bow your head and pray these words. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner. I am broken. I am helpless. And I am hopeless and helpless and looking for uh, you, Jesus. Today, I call upon your name and I ask you, Jesus, to not only fill me with the hope of heaven, to not only anoint me with the Holy Ghost, but to forgive me of my sins and to come live within me, to guide me, to lead me, to speak to me through your word. I ask you to bless me. I ask you to help me to find those I've sinned against and to ask them to forgive me. Help me to find a church. Help me to find godly Christians. Help me to find you in the word daily so that I can rest in your promise, so that I can know the hope which you won for me at Calvary. I love you, Jesus. You are my Lord. You are my Savior, and I will believe and trust in this precious promise that you have given to me today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. My dear friend, if you, if you called on the name of Jesus, if you prayed with me, if you've confessed your sin, reach out to a pastor, reach out to Ryan, to Michael, and just say, I prayed with Pastor Sean. What next? Because the walk with Christ is so awesome. The worst days now as a believer are 10 times better than the best days as a non-believer. And I can tell you that the walk with Christ is full of, of joy and hope. It's got friends that you can, you can get to know and rely on and walk with that, that you never imagined. Reach out to a good church. Reach out to a pastor. Reach out to one of these men and let them know. I prayed with Pastor Sean. I called upon the name of Jesus. Something happened to me. It's happening every week. And that's the good news, my friends. We are reaching people for the Lord to declare to them what God has done for them every day, every week, because God doesn't give us uh, the option. We're men of God, called the God, herald the good news of Jesus Christ, because he could come back tonight. And if he comes back tonight, I want to be able to say, Lord, I did. I did all I could to declare the good news of Jesus. All I could. And, uh, and I want everyone in my sphere to know it. And I know you guys do too. And so use that, that the platforms to lift high that gospel, the simple gospel, the good news. Amen. Thank you so much, Sean. Really appreciate it. It's been just so, so great to hear from you today. Thanks for being our guest. You know, as we think about this season, you know, of COVID and everything, we're anticipating a lot of churches are going to come out of this uh, weaker and unhealthier. And kind of part of my job is to to help that not be true in as many churches as possible, but that, but some churches are going to come out stronger yeah. and healthier and more vibrant. And the common threads that I see, uh, they're, they're churches that are they're engaged in outreach in new ways. They've yeah. found new ways to minister to people and their leaders, their attitude of their leaders 
is yeah. different. Instead of being frustrated and upset with the situation, yeah. they see how God is working and they see the new opportunities and possibilities and they're they're upbeat and optimistic. And man, I just I see all those things in you and your church. Yeah. And I want to echo what you're saying. Don't right now, don't look at the numbers in your church. Look at the opportunity to reach one. And then when you reach one, reach another one and keep looking with an optimistic heart that we are in the greatest season of soul winning that we've ever been in, in this denomination. This is it. And I, I pray that, that we don't, there are some churches in some denomination, they're sleeping, they're going to miss it. And I thank you to, to allow me to be on this, this podcast and just, to, just to say, let's not miss it brothers. Let's get in there. Let's roll up our sleeves. And, and guess what? You know, I know that we have uh, different opinions about how people are one to Christ. Well, as an evangelist, I don't care how you lead them to Christ. Go do it the way you want to do it. I, I, I bless you. Go, go witness to people. Go share the good news the way that you think it's done. Because uh, my biggest concern is that we're out there doing it. And so, you know, I've got a guy that comes in my Bible says he's a Catholic. I'm like, hey, I don't go. I don't care if you, you know, want to talk about Mary and you're opening up the Word of God, share him stuff. I don't care. Just go tell someone about Jesus because people are going to hell in a handbasket. <laughs> And he, he brought his daughter in about a year ago or six, eight months ago. And he's like, she needs Jesus. Could you help her? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, praise be to God. She accepted Christ. He accepted Christ. Wow. And uh, he said, I like to witness more the way you taught than the way I learned up the Catholic Church. Anyway, God is doing a work in, in us so that we can just go and share the way we know God. Go in your skin. Share him in the way you call, are called to share him and be blessed because he will bless you. He will bless you and he will anoint it. Don't look at the numbers. Look at the opportunity and go, 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 go and watch him move. He's moving. It's going to happen in your church. I, I promise you just go. And uh, the Holy Spirit will start to bless. And uh, he would love to have you discouraged, disappointment, thinking you're going to have to close your church down. That's Don't believe those lies of the devil. Just go find one person. And when you get that one, find another. And uh, watch how the, the Lord uses you because he will use you. I promise you he's going to use you. And he's called us for such a time as this. This is this is an exciting time, brothers. I just get fired up thinking about the people that need to hear the good news and, and where we're at as a church right now. This is our time. Amen. I, I, I told I told Conan and, and Faye one day, I said, we used to have one in the morning at 10 and 3. And they said one day, we're getting wore out doing two of these a day, you know, putting them on podcasts and Twitter and this and that. And they're like, every day, two of these. And I said, well, okay, let's go to one a day then. So we go, we went to one a day, but I just love to to, to try to get out on as many media, mediums, you know, Twitter and Facebook and YouTube, as much as we can with the gospel, because one could hear that comes to know Jesus. And that's what it's all about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What it's yeah. all about. Thank you, Sean, for being our guest. Thank you all for uh, listening to our show today. We love to cover topics that will help you equip you for mission, ministry, multiplying disciples. So email us with comments and questions at podcast at clbforge.org. Don't forget to subscribe to our show. We'd love it if you shared the podcast with a friend or colleague. Thanks for listening and see you next time. You the man, Sean. You the Thank man. Thank you, guys. I loved it. <laughs>